We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans, and welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The search for a general manager and a head coach are still on as we arrive at day eight as we're recording this right now. By the time you guys listen to this, it will be probably Wednesday morning. So the search is still on. We're going to cover the latest in the search for the Bears general manager and head coach, including the candidates who we think are the finalists and maybe a prediction to end the show. Before we do that, though, I got to welcome in my co-host and Aaron we are one playoff week down. We are one week down in the Bears general manager and head coaching search. And it's been pretty exciting to just kind of say the least. Yeah, it has. I mean, this is this is the most extensive search that the Bears have had in a while. I mean, I think the last time that we did a podcast was what last Monday, right after the firings, and unfortunately, right after that press conference. And I think we were both a little skeptical of how things were going to go. But I think now we're a week removed from that. We're kind of seeing the process move so far in terms of what they're doing. And I mean, dude, there are, there are 15 candidates right now. You know, there's, there's a rumored 16th candidate, which would be Joe Hortiz um, from Baltimore. And I don't know if that's, you know, if that's going to happen or not, Jeff uh, Hughes from the, the bears blog, it was the one that reported that and he's been dead on with everything. Um, but you know, whether it's 15 or 16, I mean, going back and looking at recent history, the most extensive GM search that I could find was actually last year with Carolina, where they went through 17 different candidates. Um, and you know, they basically, although albeit they are moving quite a bit faster than what the bears did because their search lasted 11 days in total. And that was with the second round of interviews where I think they brought in three or four finalists, um, and, you know, kind of made their decision from there. But yeah, I mean, this is a very extensive search process, especially for the GM side of things. They're also sprinkling in some head coaches because really at this point, a lot of their head coaching candidates are guys that are, are in the playoffs and probably will be in the playoffs past this, this coming weekend. So you kind of have to get an idea of at least laying the background and everything else. So so far, I really, I do. I, I like the process. I like the names that they brought in. There's some names um, that I'm kind of like whatever on, you know. Um, but for the most part, I mean, they pretty much hit almost every single top candidate 
that I can think of. I think Dave Ziegler is one of those guys that hasn't been brought in yet. Although he's kind of like Nick has, you know, he's kind of where Nick Casario was, uh, you know, in, in new England before that, um, being the de facto GM. And then obviously Will McClay kind of the same concept in Dallas and he ended up signing a contract extension. But outside of that, I mean, you know, just kind of going through some of my notes from before, there's really not a lot of names that I would have circled and said, yeah, you should probably bring that guy in that they haven't done so far. So I think they've done more than a due diligence. But at some point, and I'm kind of curious to get your thought process on this, at some point, how many candidates is too many candidates? You know, that's kind of where I'm at. Like if you're only going to bring in, let's say three or four guys for a, you know, the final round where you bring these guys in and you actually have them at Hallis hall and you're finally getting to see them face to face and you're doing four to six hour interviews and really, you know, figuring out who you want as your guy and making the decision. I mean, how many guys is too many? I think that's kind of the, the point that we're getting at right now where it's like, I don't know, I, I get gathering the information, but I don't know at one point how much is it too much, you know? Yeah, you know, I'm with you. And the list, you know, continues to grow as the days go on. And as, you know, the days have also gone on, there's been more openings for, you know, head coaches and general managers. I mean, what, just within the past, you know, 24 hours, we saw Mike Mayock get fired in Las Vegas. Um, you know, Joe judge was fired, what last week, I think Thursday or Friday. So I think, you know, for the most part, a lot of teams are kind of moving slow and kind of taking the process, but you know, there's a team, like we saw today, the the giants, you know, said that they, you know, may have a finalist for their, um, general manager job, et cetera. And, you know, that kind of has me curious, do the bears kind of speed it up? Or are they going to kind of go at their own pace? And I tend to lean toward they're going to go at their own pace. They kind of want to evaluate, you know, GMs and then take the step for a head coach. Because honestly, man, like outside of probably Brian Dable, maybe, you know, Brian Flores, Jim Harbaugh goes to um, Las Vegas. I don't, I really don't see a lot of these, you know, moving too quick out there, but you know, we, we never know. I mean, there could be a day next week where there's three or four jobs in one day taken. Um, the best we can do is just, is like you said, you know, Jeff Hughes of the Bears blog has been doing a great job uh, putting out the names and they've been pretty spot on for the most part. I mean, every single one of them has been out there. Um, we just got to wait for that, wait for other reports and, and maybe, you know, see when the process truly hits, you know, that next gear. Well, and that's kind of the, 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 the second level of this, right, is that there are eight teams that are looking for head coaches, right? And there's, there's four of those teams that are looking for general managers. So, you know, the Giants, it, it sounds like, well, it doesn't even sound like it is. I mean, this is the fact of the situation. They're down to their finalists right now. They interviewed nine guys, uh, Brian Shane, or is it Brian Shane? I think it's Brian Shane. Joe Shane, sorry, Joe, Joe, Shane. Joe, yeah, Joe from, Shane. Yeah, from yeah, uh, Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where I got Brian from, but uh, I think I always want to call him Brian Gain for some odd reason. Um, but either way, yeah, Joe Shane in Buffalo, and it sounds like Mon- Monty Austinfort, who's also likely to be a finalist for the Bears job. It sounds like they are going to be at least two of the finalists, and I think Ryan Poles was the other guy that uh, has already been confirmed as the finalist. So, you know. But the the second level of this, obviously, is, again, there are eight teams out there searching for head coaches right now, right? So you have a situation where you're kind of going through some of these scenarios where the Dolphins are free to make a hire whenever the hell they feel like it. The Texans are feel you know free to make a hire whenever they feel like it. Um, you know, there, there are multiple teams out there, and then once the Giants get their general manager situation squared away, then they're going to be free to make the hire that they want to. And it sounds like, it sounds like Shane's going to be the guy over there, which – 
you know, it's kind of unfortunate because he also interviewed for the Bears job. It's it's interesting to me that the three rumored finalists that they're probably going to have are the only three overlapping uh, candidates that they had with the Bears, which I think should probably tell you more about the Bears search than it should anything else. But then, you know, obviously you're going to have the, the, the Raiders opening is going to be very interesting because you know, like you pointed out, I mean, if, if Jim Harbaugh goes there, I don't know what level of GM that they're going to be able to pull or what level of GM that they're even going to want, because you would have to assume that Harbaugh is going to want a decent amount of roster control. Right. But then you start looking at some of these other situations, Minnesota's taking their time. They have some, they have some common candidates uh, with the bears as well, but then it kind of turns your focus to the head coach aspect, right? Because now some of these teams are starting to get eliminated. I mean, you know, Tampa Bay, uh, and Buffalo are two teams that very well could be eliminated this next weekend, depending on what goes on. You know, the same thing with Green Bay. They've got two head coaching candidates over there, really only one with Nathaniel Hackett. But you start going through the lists of, you know, you know some of these names and the, these candidates, especially a head coach. And, you know, once they break free in terms of once they lose, they're gone. You know, they're out and they can be hired at any point. So, like, let's just say, for example, just, you know, kind of get, you know, give everybody an idea. If the Bears wanted to hire, let's just say, Brian, Byron Leftwich, let's just throw that name out there because it seems like a decent name. Let's just say they want to hire, you know, Byron Leftwich right now until Tampa Bay is out of the playoffs. They can't officially make that hire, right? Obviously, he can start building his staff and he can start doing other things. But as we saw with Josh McDaniels a few years ago, until things are official, things are not official. So it's kind of one of those situations where teams are always going to leave their options open, even if they zeroed in on a guy. I think it's also worth noting um, that Jacksonville, who's another one of those teams who I think are going to be very competitive with the Bears in terms of the head coaching market, just because they're in very similar situations, they're already on their finalists uh, at head coach as well. And it sounds like, at least in the early going, it sounds like they're going to keep Trent Baalke around, which I that's a whole different situation in its own but you start looking over there and it sounds like Matt Eberflus is going to be one of at least two finalists I would have to assume that Byron Leftwich is going to be the other finalist so yeah then you start kind of looking and it's like if if the Giants have to jump on the Bears as well and they're going to be on their head coaching search more seriously and then the four other teams um, as well then you start looking at a situation where again there are a decent amount of candidates out there but at the same time, you kind of want to start, you know, you kind of have to have an idea of what you're looking for. And who knows, maybe the Bears are targeting somebody that nobody else is going to target. I mean, the, you know, the Texans are probably going to be in a similar situation. But like you pointed out, Brian Flores, Brian Dable, uh, Byron Leftwich, um, you know, I the same thing with Todd Bowles. Matt Eberflus seems to be somewhat of a... Um, you know, somewhat of a, a popular candidate right now. So you start looking at some of these names that the Bears have brought in so far. And you also have to assume that whoever they hire at GM is probably going to expand that head coaching search list a little bit. I mean, just to kind of give you a timeline, I think it was from the time that Ryan Pace got hired back in 2015 to the time that they actually made the hire of John Fox. It was about seven to nine days from what I remember. So it kind of just gives you an idea like, you're still going to have probably about another week or so buffer in there when you're talking about hiring the head coach, which is going to put you a little bit more behind the curve once again. So there's no reason to panic yet in terms of the timeline. I'm glad that the bears are doing what they're doing, but I do think at a certain point in time, you kind of have to wrap up the GM search because again, it's, it's one of those things where the, the way COVID has impacted everything and is, is brought in a new level of interviewing, which is, is these zoom interviews. And at least to my knowledge so far, 
all the bears are doing is they're gaining, you know, two hours worth, if that of, you know, background information on all of these guys, including the GMs. And then from there, they basically get what they need to get out of the way. They form their final list of, let's just say, three or four guys, and then they bring them in the Hallis Hall. They sit down for four to six-hour interviews for each one of these guys, and they make their decisions. So, you know, but the Zoom thing has kind of allowed all of these teams to go out and do, you know, you know, do more expansive searches, which I have no issue with what the Bears doing. But again, they're kind of falling behind the curve of the head coach. Now, what I will say is, you know, to kind of, you know, play the devil's advocate to myself would be that the first hire, especially at head coach in almost any cycle is never going to be the best hire. I mean, there's just, or I shouldn't say there's never, there's no correlation between saying that the first hire is always going to be the best hire because really there's just, there's, there's not enough data to back that up. I mean, we, we can go back and even look at 2017 when the, or 2018, when the bears hired Matt Nagy, John Gruden was the first guy, Matt Nagy was the second guy. And I think Mike Vrabel was the third guy. So it kind of gives you an idea, you know, it, just because you make the first hire doesn't mean you're getting the top overall candidate. And also doesn't mean that it's a guaranteed to work, but I think at some point in time, because the bears search, I would have to assume would be somewhat specialized just because they do have a young uh, quarterback you're going to have to kind of get your ducks in a row with the general manager and get going on the head coach. So it'll be interesting. I mean, there's a lot of interesting names. Uh, I'm a much bigger fan of their list at GM than head coach, but I'm also not a giant fan of a lot of the head coaching candidates that they have in so far. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and to kind of go into that, I mean, of the ones that have interviewed, and, and we're recording this here on Tuesday, it's it's kind of I'm with you. It's it's a list. I'm like, okay, there's some intriguing names, but there's also some names that I'm just not very interested in. You know, Leslie Frazier, Doug Peterson, um, guys like that. I'm kind of intrigued by Jim Caldwell, who was a, a late addition um, later last week. Um, I'm intrigued, obviously, by Brian Dable and, and what he did on Saturday night against New England. I mean, that was just a, a game of perfection, <laughs> essentially, from the Buffalo Bills. You know, I'm intrigued by uh, Brian Flores. I think a guy like Byron Leftwich um, is is someone I could see coming in and, you know, getting this job. And, and then a guy like, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's kind of grown on me a little more, <clears throat> especially like you look at his history and maybe he's not had the best talent to work with, 
in previous years, you know, in Jacksonville, I believe he was, um, was he in Cleveland before that, I think. Um, and then he gets to Green Bay and he's got all the talent. But, you know, you can have that talent. It's how you utilize it. And I think he's done a great job. And the one thing that really stands out to me about Hackett is his leadership, his dedication in the game. He makes things like fun. Um, you know, he's earned the praise of a lot of guys. You know, Aaron Rodgers talks very highly of him. Um, others on that coaching staff talk very highly of him. And I look at a guy like Brian Dable and, and, you know, yeah, there's kind of the knack Oh, he doesn't run the football a lot, but if you look at the second half of the season, they made an adjustment. I mean, they weren't really running it a lot. They knew they had to go to Devin Singletary to find success late in the season, take the pressure off Josh Allen. And that's exactly what they did. And I think, excuse me, Dable's work with quarterbacks over his career, you know, whether it's been in the pros and in learning from, you know, football minds like Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, guys like that um, has, has been impressive to me. And, you know, he he's worked with some good quarterbacks. He's developed some good offenses. I think he'd be a good fit for Justin Fields. The thing I keep coming back to, and I want to know if you agree with this on me or not, Aaron, because I think there are candidates that fit this mold. I truly think the Bears want a guy who's a leader and a guy who can win over a locker room right away. Um, and then the rest of the stuff is almost, I don't want to say like a bonus, but, you know, kind of behind the leadership type thing. It's just kind of the vibes I'm getting. And when you look at that, you know, the candidates for that aren't necessarily, you know, Brian Dable or Brian Leftwich, and, and that's not their fault. They haven't been in that situation before, but maybe they want a more established leader and in, in someone who's actually done a head coaching job in the past. I don't know if that rules out a ton of candidates. I don't know if they're going to fully go that way. I just kind of get that, uh, get that vibe from what we've heard so far. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. The whole leader of men cliche that everybody talks about. It's like, you know, dude, I mean, the reality of it is, is, you know, you're either going to be a leader or you're not going to be a leader. I, I don't really, I, in, the fact is, if you're not a leader, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to be a good head coach. Um, I, I think that there's different styles of leadership and that's kind of what they have to balance, right? I mean, you, you look at, I mean, just looking at their candidates right now, I mean, they got Leslie Frazier, Doug Peterson, Brian Dable, Nathaniel Hackett, Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, Matt Eberflus, uh, Dan Quinn, Brian Flores, and Jim Caldwell. I mean, you're talking about a very, very diverse set of candidates, regardless if it's offensive, defensive, their philosophies, how they handle themselves, uh, how they present themselves, anything. Like it's just a very, very different type of uh, of group. And I again, I would expect that there would be more names out of the list, you know, depending on who ends up getting the general manager job. And it's kind of one of those things. I mean, you know, I, I think I, I wrote it after the podcast, but I went through and went back, you know, basically every single hire made from 1990 on and kind of, you know, analyze some of the trends to kind of see like, what are the more successful ways to go in terms of hiring a head coach and what are the unsuccessful ways? And the, the two things that I came away with in terms of unsuccessful, actually, I guess there's three. Um, there has never been a coach in the history of the NFL that has won Super Bowls with two different teams. There has been one head coach that has won uh, a NFL championship with one team and then a Super Bowl with another team. Um, but in terms of, you know, in terms of two Super Bowls with two different teams, that has not happened. Um, so I think that kind of rules out some, you know, maybe not even in their interview list outside of, I guess, Doug Peterson. 
But then the other trend that I thought was really interesting was the college aspect, you know, first time guys, you know, first time head coaches, first time NFL head coaches with a college background. Um, that's another huge red flag where you've had two Super Bowl winners and four guys that have gone to the Super Bowl since 1990. And, you know, one of those guys was, you know, it, Barry Switzer back in the 90s with the Dallas Cowboys. So that kind of gives you an idea there. By the way, Don Shula was the guy who who won an NFL championship and then won a, uh, you know, a, a Super Bowl. So and then the other one that is much more missed than hit which is one of these candidates on this list is third time head coaches. And that would be Jim Caldwell. And, you know, I, I think that's kind of where I look at it and I say, okay, right. Jim like on the surface, Jim Caldwell is a pretty highly underrated coach in my opinion. I mean, if you look at what he was able to do in Indianapolis and then what he was able to do with the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions have seen absolutely zero success um, really before he came in and after he left in terms of the immediate, you know, future and the immediate past, uh, within that. So, but again, the issue is, is he's a third time head coach. He's also in his sixties. Right. And that's kind of the same thing with a guy like Leslie Frazier. He's already in the sixties. I don't know, you know, especially with Leslie Frazier, he's more of a soft-spoken guy, super likable, uh, but he has his own style of leadership. So you start kind of looking through some of these guys and you have to kind of wonder, you know, what is the best fit for this team? Because you're trying to build around a young quarterback. You're trying to build around Justin Fields. I don't know that bringing in a 60 plus year old head coach is the smartest way to go about it. Now I understand, you know, obviously those would be the retreads and also understand that there's going to be risk involved with first time head coaches. But when you start looking at the list of, you know, really the two big categories between first time head coaches that were coordinators before and second time head coaches that have not won a Super Bowl with their previous team. Uh, you know, there have been more te- more head coaches hired since 1990 that have made the Super Bowl as a first time head coach, but there have been a, a better rate of winning Super Bowls being a second time head coach without a previous, you know, Super Bowl win. So, you kind of have to weigh your your pros and cons. And like you pointed out, a guy like Brian Dable has never done it before. He's never been a head coach. Byron Leftwich, the same exact thing. I mean, he basically went from being an NFL quarterback to being, you know, an NFL coach, um, you know, and then, you know, kind of the same thing with a guy like Nathaniel Hackett, where, yes, he has called plays in Jacksonville. He has called plays at every single stop except for Green Bay. So it kind of starts to bring you in there. I think the one really intriguing candidate to me is Brian Flores. And I think Brian Flores is one of those guys on the surface. I think you look and see what he did with the Dolphins over these last few years. I think he did a pretty dang good job, dude. He won 19 games over the last two years. Uh, he got what was a Miami to five wins. Uh, the one year that people were expecting them to have one, maybe two wins. Okay, oh they were like, what were they like two and like two and fourteen the year before? Or something, yeah, crazy, some, something dude, bad. they were a disaster. It was crazy. It was crazy how they went from being such a disaster to all of a sudden. I mean, Brian Flores, if it wasn't for the fact that they lost a tiebreaker in 2020, they would have been in the playoffs. They were 10 and 6. So, but the thing with Brian Flores is, is again, you start looking at trends. He comes from new that New England coaching tree. And the problem is, is we've seen, I don't know how many of these guys fizzle out because they try to do things the Patriot way and the Patriot way doesn't work anywhere except for new England. I think that Brian Flores has probably had the most success in regards to coming from that tree as of late, but then the ego comes into play and there's been multiple things and you kind of have to weed out what's true and what's not. There's clearly a smear campaign going on from the Miami Dolphins side of things, but there's also been a lot of talk that Brian Flores wants some sort of roster control with his next opening. 
I don't know that one, I don't know he's earned the benefit of the doubt to have any sort of roster control whatsoever, but two, with him being a strong personality, I, I kind of wonder how much that's going to, that would weed down their potential GM candidates. Cause you'd almost kind of have to go into it saying, Hey, like we really like Brian Flores. Are you going to feel comfortable with that? But then you'd also have to talk to Brian Flores and say, okay, these are the guys that we're thinking about hiring. Are these going to be guys that you can work with? So it's very complex because again, I don't think this over this, this GM pool, or sorry, the head coaching pool as a whole, not just the, the guys at the bears of interview, but as a whole isn't overly strong. And there's a yeah, but for almost every single one of these candidates. So it's going to be kind of what the bears are looking for. My personal guess is I still think they're going to go with that. Yes, man, that guy that can sweet talk his way into the media and, and, and do the kind of things that we've seen from Matt Nagy and so on and so forth. Even the same thing with Ryan Pace and, and Lovey Smith and stuff like that. But you know, at what point do you go with that brash guy like an Ed Dawes what, or, you know, even like a Brian Flores and say, Hey, this hasn't been working Let's try something new. And I I think that's kind of the biggest question moving forward is how much of a a philosophical change and shift are we going to see with the Bears, if any? Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah. And, you know, another thing I'd keep an eye on, too, you kind of see, you know, people are worried. Well, you know, he's only called plays for a certain amount of time and he's got limited experience. And, yeah, I get it because of, you know, exactly what happened with, you know, Matt Nagy in the last time they kind of hired um, one of these, you know, disciples of Andy Reid and, you know, uh, and going down that path again with a first time head coach. Honestly, I really don't think a lot of that matters. I think if they find their right guy and he, you know, happens to be a guy who hasn't had a head coaching job before and, you know, they think he's the right guy, he's their fit, they're going to do that because this is, you know, it's not Ryan Pace in charge of it again and George in charge of it again. There's kind of this council now and there's a couple of minds in the room. And all we can do right now, unfortunately, is trust what, you know, they say and what they do. And I don't think, you know, they're going to turn away someone like, you know, Brian Dable or, or Byron Leftwich, maybe Nathaniel Hackett, um, if they haven't, you know, don't have that coaching experience. And if they think they're a fit, I could see them, you know, going that route. But it is, you know, it's an interesting list. I'll say that. Um, I'm with you also. I think general manager is very, you know, intriguing. It's, it's more, um, you know, there's, there, I think there's more variation there. There's a couple of analytical guys, a couple of traditional general managers, a couple of guys that come from really good systems and um, they kind of know what they're doing and responsible for some nice draft classes. 
um, et cetera. So yeah, I, I think general managers is a little more interesting in my eyes, but yeah, the head coach too has also caught my eye as well. And, and I just, uh, I hope they make the right move. Um, I, I think, you know, I broke it down in my tears. I think, you know, Dable and Flores and left, which would be good hires. I think Nathaniel Hackett, even Jim Caldwell would be a good hire. The rest I'd almost, you know, have to be talked into. And then I have a list at the bottom. I just, you know, Leslie Frazier and Doug Peterson, the two for me that I just, I, I would almost consider it a loss <laughs> this off season. And, you know, I'm not factoring in Jim Harbaugh, Ryan Day or anyone like that. I'm just kind of factoring in guys that they've requested interviews with. And, you know, Dan, Dan Quinn's another name that I'm kind of on the fence with. I, I'm not 100% sold on him. I, I'm more sold with Todd, someone like Todd Bowles. I think he'd be a, a better candidate. And uh, Kellen Moore, after kind of seeing what Dallas has done, you know, I'm kind of soured on him a little bit more as well. Yeah, I'm fully. I'm <laughs> that was fully bad. Out that on, was bad. I'm fully out on Kellen Moore. And it's not just because of that one game. Like, if you go back, there, he has a lot of interesting, interestingly bad tendencies where. I think he will be a good head coach at some point in time, but I mean, he's still really young and he's still relatively new. Cause that's the thing. Like a lot of people want to talk about Byron, Byron Leftwich, but it's like, he was also with Bruce Arians back in uh, back when he was with the Cardinals as well. So, you know, and he has, you know, the thing with the thing with a guy like Leftwich is, you know, everybody says, well, you know, the Tom Brady factor. Okay. And that's fine. That That is completely valid. I would, you know, I would not discount that at all, but he also got the best year out of Jameis Winston's entire career before they got Tom Brady back in 2000 what was that 2019, I think was what it was, but either way, I mean, and that's kind of the thing, like there's warts with all these guys. Now, I mean, I'm sure anybody who follows me on Twitter probably has got a pretty good idea of who I like and who I dislike. Um, Leslie Frazier, man, he's just one of those guys. I just don't understand the hype. I don't understand the media push. I realize he's a nice guy. I realize he was with 85 Bears, blah, 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 blah. I just don't, I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see a guy in his 60s that has never, this thing is people keep talking about, well, the Bills defense is the number one defense in the league, and that's great. And it's also been proven that this is indeed Leslie Frazier's defense and not Sean McDermott's defense. I understand that. But at the same time, you're also talking about a guy who's never really elevated the unit that he's been on when you talk about him being a defensive coordinator. Like he's never stepped in like Vic Fangio and taken one of the worst defenses in the league and over time turned it into the best defense in the league. Like Leslie Frazier inherited a pretty good defense in Buffalo and it has become a really good defense. Like there is credit to be had there. But we're not talking about the same level as a guy like a Vic Fangio. So I think that that's where, to me, it kind of bothers me a little bit to where, you know, you start looking at some of these guys and it's just, again, Doug Peterson, my whole thing with him is, is one, he's already won a Super Bowl. You got to go with trends, at least in my opinion, I go with trends. But even if you want to ignore the trend, the fact is, is things really started falling apart for him when he lost Frank Reich. And as we've seen, Frank Reich's a pretty good offensive mind. So, yeah, it, it, I don't know. Just kind of looking at these head coaching candidates, again, you can make an argument for or against almost any of them. Um, I think really what it comes down to is I think you need to have somebody that's not super, super young, but I do think you need to have somebody – in, you know, a, a relatively, you know, fair age for one. And then two, I think, you know, if you're going to go with a defensive guy, 
it has to be somebody that you're absolutely 100% confident in can build a good offensive staff. And that's kind of something, I mean, you look at Buffalo for a prime example, right? Where Sean McDermott steps in and he brings Brian Dable from Alabama and brings him in as the offensive coordinator. They go out and they draft Josh Allen and he has developed Josh Allen in the quarterback. He was people want to sit here and pretend like Josh Allen was this refined prospect coming out of Wyoming couldn't be further from the truth. There were a lot of people after year one who thought he was absolutely going to bust. I was one of them. I'm, I'm glad to say I was wrong, but I, you know, there were a lot of people who believed that Josh Allen was not going to be a good NFL quarterback. Brian Dable deserves all the credit in the world for what he has done with Josh Allen. So again, there, but when you start looking at these defensive minded head coaches, I mean, even look at a guy like Brian Flores, where if there was one true knock that you can say in terms of his coaching ability, it would be the fact that it took him a while to figure out his offensive coordinator. He went through five offensive coordinators in three years at Miami. Obviously that's got to be a red flag right there because you have to be able to look at these guys and you have to be able to say, okay, you know, if we're going to bring you in and, you know, quarterback development is your top priority and it's our top priority. What are you doing? You know, who is going to be your offensive coordinator? Could it be a guy like Jim Caldwell? I mean, absolutely. Jim Caldwell was on their staff in Miami in 2019 until he basically ended up retiring and walking away due to health issues, which again, kind of goes back to my original point of you bring in a guy in his sixties with previous health issues as a head coach, that's a bigger concern than bringing him in as an offensive coordinator. So I don't know, man. It's just, it's one of those I've gone back and forth. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett's grown on me a little bit. Uh, Byron Leftwich is definitely one of my top options. Brian Dable's one of my top options. Brian Flores is one of my top options with caveats in terms of the control. Um, Todd Bowles is, is up there as well. Matt Eberflus is going to be a guy that is definitely catching some helium. He's definitely a little higher on team's list than I would have assumed. Um, I would assume that he's probably going to be, uh, you know, in the, in the bears top of their list, depending on what goes on with Jacksonville, because Jacksonville is already down to their finalist for the head coaching spot. And he's one of them. So, but again, it's just, I, I think really what this all comes back to is you got to get the GM spot, right? Because if you get the GM spot, right. And you're at least building a better roster in a very worst case scenario, you know, kind of going back to the whole John Fox thing, like if you don't get the right head coach, then, you know, you can take your swing at Matt Nagy in two or three years. And as long as the roster's there, then things usually fall into place. And obviously that's kind of a worst case scenario at this point, but you at least have that to fall back on. But usually good GMs find a way to, you know, find the right head coaches. And again, it kind of all circles back to one thing. And that's just because the Bears don't make the first hire at GM or just because they don't make the first hire at head coach doesn't mean it's going to be a bad one. It doesn't mean that they missed out on something like we, I mean, everybody was convinced that Matt Nagy was going to be the guy too. I mean, every single year there are head coaching candidates that everybody's convinced is that, you know, the next latest, greatest thing. And some of the time they don't work out. And some of the time that those guys are the first hires to happen. So it's just, it's a patient process. And I think fans have to be patient, but what I will say is I would like to see them have this GM stuff wrapped up at least the first wave by the end of this week, like, and then going into the weekend, be able to get their final candidate list together, bring these guys in. And this time next week, I would like to see them have a, have a GM in place so they can really get serious with the head coaching stuff. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, I hope so as well. I hope next time we talk, there's a little, at least a little bit more. Um, substance and smoke to some of these candidates. I imagine the GM list will be cut down to finalist um, and potentially the head coaching list as well. You're right though. I mean, and it's going to be natural, especially with coordinators, whoever comes in, um, you know, they might have the coordinator for a year and um, let's hope that that reason is that the coordinator got a better job and got a head coaching offer instead of, you know, dysfunction and not wanting to be there, which kind of appears to be a little bit of the case with Brian Flores going through those coordinators so quickly. Um, But you look at Matt Nagy's, you know, coaching staff from what, 2018 and kind of going through the names, you know, he he had Vic Fangio here. He left the next year because he got a better job as a head coach. Uh, He brought in Chris Tabor who's lasted throughout his contract and, Honestly, he's a guy I, I would like to see come back. I think he was the best coach the Bears had last year all around. I think special teams was fantastic for the Bears. And then he had uh, Mark Helfrich, who, you know, lasted one year. Um, Harry Heastan lasted one year. I believe uh, Brandon Staley was still on that staff, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah actually, Heastan and Helfrich both lasted two years. Two years, that's right, two years. And, you know, Staley was on that staff, but you want them to leave for good reasons, not for, you know, we're parting ways with, with uh, Mark Elfrich and we're parting ways with Harry Heastand. You, you want them to take other jobs. That's fine. But I, I'm with you, man. I think, you know, looking at the coordinators, that's going to be very key, especially for a guy like Brian Dable. And if they bring in Brian, D- Brian Dable or Byron Leftwich, someone like that, you know, will they look towards more veterans as coordinators? Will they also try to take a chance on a younger offensive mind? So when they have a connection to, I even dug super deep into the bills organization, super deep into, you know, Tampa Bay to, to see if there's any other candidates that could come out of there and follow them. Um, I imagine they would also be next in line to get a, a job with their respected teams, which they'd probably take, but I'd be kind of intrigued to see, you know, if it is Dable or Leftwich, maybe they bring in a veteran like a Jim Caldwell. Maybe they bring in, you know, a veteran def- defensive coordinator, someone like that to kind of help them out along the way while they control um, the offense. I just, I don't know. I almost don't want too many cooks in the kitchen like the Bears had um, with the quarterback position under Nagy. It just felt like they brought in way too many quarterback helpers. And outside of, you know, uh, John Filippo, it really didn't work out too well. But to kind of wrap things up here, Aaron, um, I guess we should kind of, you know, we made some predictions last last week on GM and, and head coach, but now that we've seen more of a, a longer list for both, why don't we give our top candidates and who we think should be there in the running, um, if that's cool with you? Yeah, works for me. Go ahead and go first. All right. Yeah, I'll go first. So I, you know, I think I kind of said it earlier. Um, the two guys I'm really looking at the top of my list, it's Brian Dable, Brian Flores, and then Byron left, which is right there um, at number three, kind of a, you know, a two B or, or whatever you'd say, but I would look at those three. I think those three would be strong shot of being the finalist, um, you know, barring Jim Caldwell's, you know, um, head coaching interview going really damn good or someone like Leslie Frazier blowing them out the water. I, don't understand the hype around Frazier. I saw the tweet yesterday that there's excitement for him. I don't know where that's coming from. 
nothing against Leslie Frazier. He's an older candidate. He's had his chance. I don't know, man. I, I think the Bears got to kind of go for that younger um, guy and someone like Dable left, which, you know, potentially Nathaniel Hackett. GM, man, this one is so tough for me. I, I go back and forth, and admittedly, I haven't done a ton of research on the GM um, candidates. You know, I know Rick Smith. I know Ed Dodds. Um, uh, God, the guy from Buffalo, I'm blanking on his name. I know he said it. Uh, Joe it Shane. Joe Shane, yeah. I, I think those would be the, the, the three for me, ideally, that I would want to see. My only worry is if Sheen takes the job and with the Giants, does he kind of bring Dable with him? And then, you know, the Bears kind of go to someone else. But honestly, man, I, I have a gut feeling. I think Dable is, is top of their list. Yeah, I think uh, – yeah, I, I think so too. I think that, you know, it, it, I, I would assume that his interview went pretty well. It, it's going to be an interesting situation there because, like you said, if Joe Shane gets a job, he could – absolutely take uh brian dable i i do think that people tend to overrate the current connections of you know new general managers versus head coaching candidates i mean if you look over the last few years very rarely do you see any connections from previous teams or current teams or whatever it may be a lot of it a lot more of it has to do with agents really than anything um so yeah for me head coach is pretty much the same as what you just said uh, i think brian flores is my number one obviously with some caveats brian dable's a close number two and then uh you know byron left which is also in there as well um at, at three and again, I've kind of stated my case for all of those guys, you know, two and four. Um, really, I think what it comes down to is unless you feel really confident about a, a um, defensive candidate getting the right offensive staff in, I don't think you can take that risk. Um, as far as general manager goes, I mean, there's, man, they brought in a lot of good names. Ed Dodds is my number one guy, but I'll be the first one to say that I don't think that his abrasive personality is going to work too well with how the McCaskies work. I just, I don't think, I, I would honestly, at this point, I would actually be somewhat surprised if he ends up being one of the final candidates just because of who he is, um, you know, or how he is more of the point. I think a guy like Morocco Brown uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, he's, he's somebody as far as like my actual, like my realistic top three. Um, I'm just kind of looking over, you know, kind of looking over my list. I think Rick Smith's another one that makes a lot of sense, assuming that he would, you know, kind of be, I think he'd probably be my number one right now. Just, you know, not, not considering Ed Dodds because of what I just said. Um, and then I think Morocco Brown would probably be number two. And then, my number three is actually is kind of changed up a little bit, I think, because I I'm just going to assume that Joe Sh that Joe Shane's going to take that Buffalo job. If not, but, uh, Joe Shane moves up probably to the top of the list for me. But let's just uh, not Buffalo. Uh, you know, assuming he takes that Giants job, yeah. Uh, Giant. yeah so. If not, I'm going to go like a 3A, 3B uh, between Omar Khan. I think is somebody that actually could bring a lot of interesting differences one because he comes from a very good organization with the Pittsburgh Steelers and two because he's more of a business guy he doesn't have that scouting background um and I think that actually plays pretty well because you rely on more on your scouts and you know there's there's actual more voices in the room versus a GM who's been a, you know a pro scout or a a college scout says, yeah, well, I like, you know, that's fine that you like this guy, but I like this guy more. So that's who we're taking. Uh, so he would be probably my three a, and then Monty Austin for it. Um, the more research I do on him, the more I like him, um, him. And there was one of the guy in, uh, in Tennessee right now, and I'm drawing a blank on his name that have kind of been talked about as candidates. Austin Ford has been 
a finalist. Uh, he was a finalist last year, and I'm sure he's going to be one of the finalists for at least one of these jobs this year, if not land a job. He's one of those guys that he's also very interesting to me. Um, no, the other thing I want to hit on Morocco Brown, why I like Brown so much is because he came up with the Bears as a pro scout. And he's been with multiple different organizations, which means he's going to have multiple different ties. But the last um, five or so years that he's been with the Colts, he's actually been on the college scout side of things. So you're getting a more diverse background in terms of scouting with him versus some of these other guys that have been strictly pro scout, strictly, you know, uh, college scout or whatever. So again, I really think, man, it, it would be really hard for them to go wrong at GM at this point. I think it would be, you know, Reggie McKenzie's kind of the one guy I'm like, oh, I don't know about all that. But other than that, I mean, a lot of the names that they're pulling in right now are all pretty dang good candidates. Yeah, and it's going to be fun and interesting to see kind of who makes their finalist list and kind of where things stand, especially next time we record. Because as you said, I think we both expect at least a little more news coming up in the next week or so. Um, you know, hopefully they, they get it they get it going and and the process speeds up. But yeah, it should be interesting. And you know, if anything breaks, Aaron and I will do our best to hop on for maybe an emergency podcast try to get you guys updated to the minute and make sure you're following Aaron on Twitter as well. He does a good job tweeting all, all day about the latest and um, yeah, Aaron, uh, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yeah. You can follow me at Aaron Lemming NFL and you can read my work on the bear Awesome. You can follow the bear report on Twitter at just bear report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. And as always, please rate review and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms Until next time, everyone, please stay safe. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.